Some people didn't make it through this quarantine, so I'm grateful that God decided that I would. He made the decision. The decision was the Lord's because it is the Lord that saves us. Hallelujah. It is the Lord that protects us and keeps us. Hallelujah. And so I'm so grateful to be in the house of the Lord. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to worship God in his house. Hallelujah. And I'm also grateful for the opportunity that God gave us to worship him in the house that he gave us, God. Hallelujah. Because worshiping at home is just as much as a blessing it is to be in the house of the Lord. So we're grateful for that today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this is the day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad. We thank you for your word that's going to go forth today, Lord God. We thank you for speaking through me to the hearts of your people. And Holy Spirit, I just allow you to have free reign throughout this message today. Though you have given me words on paper, have your way as what it is that you would have said today for your people so that lives will be changed, God. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Always. So I want to begin by saying happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers and to all of those who've had the honor and the privilege of both being a mother and having a mother. Amen. It is a blessing to have a mother. It is a blessing to be a mother. And I know that on Mother's Day that there's women all over the world that suffer pain because of the term Mother's Day, because you have people that have lost their mothers and they suffer pain as a result of it, even the more on Mother's Day. And then you have individuals who wanted to be a mother and they've had problems with fertility. And so on Mother's Day, they wonder, Lord, why me? Or why not me? Why do I not have the children that other people have? And then you have individuals who have lost children. And so on Mother's Day is an added pain because they had the blessing of having children, but the enemy or some situation has come along and has snuffed those children out prematurely. So when you say Happy Mother's Day, you have women of all ages, all around the world, of all races, all economic statuses that suffer pain instead of joy. And then you have a smaller segment of people that have never experienced any problems with their current mother, with their adoptive mother, birth mother, and they don't have any problems with their children, and they have the blessing of having both. So God, we say happy Mother's Day to all of them, because guess what? As the title of my message is, we were born from a mother. Hallelujah. So this message is for every woman out there and as well every man out there every woman boy and girl this message is for you because we were all born from a mother it took a mother to birth us into the land let me say that again it took a mother 
to birth us into the land. Now, that has nothing to do with what happened after we were born. So for those that have issues with their mother and they have to forgive, put that aside just for the next 20, 30 minutes of this message and recognize that regardless of what your mother did or did not do after she gave birth to you, that means she could have given you up for adoption. She could have left you on a street corner. And don't mean, don't misunderstand me. I'm not discounting that. There's a lifetime of pain that goes along with that. Granted, acknowledged, established. But what I'm saying to you is she gave birth to you. Hallelujah. We were born from a mother. Hallelujah. And even those that have suffered the pain of losing a mother and this day being so grievous for you, rightly so. We were born from a mother, hallelujah. Even those that haven't had the privilege of giving birth to a child, we were born from a mother, amen? So it took a mother to birth each one of us into the world. Regardless of what she did, right or wrong, after we were born, she gave birth to us, hallelujah. It took a mother. And, you know, I went online and I was looking, oh, let me just find something real cute, like a nice little acronym or slogan that goes along with the word mother. And I found several things online. But one of the things that I found is an acronym that doesn't necessarily always use the first letter. You know, it's more of an expression. And so I'm going to share that with you. A mother amazing. It doesn't begin with an M, but it has an M in it. Amazing, loving, strong, happy, beautiful friend. That represents what a mother should be. Because regardless of what your mother did or didn't do right in raising you, we were born from a mother. It took a mother to birth us into this world. Jesus, who is the son of God, the true and living God, the way, the truth, and the life, the light of the world, the bright morning star, our risen king, Jesus, coming into the earth, into the world, was born from a mother. So it took a mother to birth the savior into the world. Hallelujah. It took a mother to birth us into the world. So we were born from a mother. So if your mother, hear me clearly out there, was not in your life, abused you, abandoned you, mistreated you, let me help you with something here. Yes, she may have done all those things, but one thing she did do right was give birth to you. Because if she did not birth you out, you wouldn't be here. Hallelujah. Now that may not discount everything for you, but right then and there, you should get some deliverance and understand that you were born from a mother. If it did not, if she did not lay down and birth you out, regardless of what she did after that, you would not be here today. So it was the mercy and the grace of God that allowed us to be born 
from a mother. You know, let me share a personal story with you. You know, we've been dealing with this uh, Corona-19 situation, this COVID-19 situation for, what, two months now? Churches have been closed. They have been recording online and doing uh, live stream, pre-recorded messages and both um, live messages. And we've been doing this for two months now. Churches now are trying to decide when they will open, how fast they will open, whether they'll start with a studio audience, so on and so forth. But let me share something with you. There were people who lost mothers during COVID-19. There were people who lost fathers, they lost children, they lost aunts and uncles, that lost spouses during this season. And so there are people that are hurting right now because two months ago, they had a member of their family that they don't have today. So while we are celebrating Mother's Day, let's take a moment and remember those people that are suffering today because they lost a loved one. And so on this day, it could potentially be far worse because they could be missing someone that they love, whether it was a mother, a father, a child, a sister or a brother, aunt or uncle, even a close friend, a spouse. So let's remember them in our hearts and in our prayers. These past two months haven't been easy. I received a phone call in March, March 11th or March 12th. I can't remember the days were hazy because it was so crazy at the time. I received a phone call that said, Frida, your mom is in the hospital on a ventilator. I passed out in my bedroom. My husband had to come and grab me. We had to drive down from Jacksonville to Pembroke Pines to see about mom. I walked into the hospital room where she was at on a ventilator. They didn't tell us at the time that her lung had collapsed. They just said she couldn't breathe. Didn't tell us what all was going on. And I walked in there and I looked at my mother and I couldn't understand what was going on because she was on the phone with me right before it happened. And so I was the last person that she spoke to that day before the nurse came in and found her unable to breathe and they had to resuscitate her. She went through weeks of being on a ventilator. We prayed and called on God. Finally, they put a trach in. After they put the trach in, they put a voice box in. Then they took her five hours by ambulance from Pembroke Pines to Jacksonville, put her in a rehab. And she started to walk and talk. Slowly but surely, she got better. Now she's healed. Thank God for grace. So that's another miracle that God has done for my mother. And it's another miracle for our family. She's healed now. But so many people's story was different. Some people lost their mother during those two weeks, two months of the COVID-19. Some people lost their mother at a very young age in life. And so right now you're hurting because it's Mother's Day. But if you have nothing else to lean on today, you lean on the fact that you were born for, from 
a mother. God allowed you to be birthed out from a mother. And the greatest love, second to Jesus Christ. Third to the love of your spouse is the love of a mother. To sacrifice her body to give birth to you is love. Some of you don't feel loved by your mother. You may have been abandoned, given up for adoption. You may have had a rocky relationship with your mother. Your mother may have made mistakes in your past, in her past as well as in your childhood. But it took love to birth you out. So somewhere in there, she loved you enough to give birth to you even if she couldn't take care of you. So let's go to scripture. Our focal scripture today is found in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 31. It says, honor her for all that her hands have done. Honor her for all that her hands have done. Let me say it again. Honor her for all that her hands have done. This is Proverbs 31, 31. Some of you say, well, my mother hasn't done anything for me. She gave birth to you. Honor her for all that her hands have done. Now, if she didn't do anything else but give birth to you, honor her for all that her hands have done. We were born from a mother. Think of it this way. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for your mother. Our first point. Jesus takes care of his mother. And we know Jesus is our greatest example. So just like Jesus took care of his mother, there comes a time in life, through the cycle of life, where your parents get older and if you're blessed and they're still around, you're blessed to be around with them. It becomes your turn to take care of them. Amen. So let's go to the book of John, chapter 19, verse 25 through 27. It says, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister. Catch that. Some of you missed it. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister. See, some of you got lost already. You got confused. Jesus, here, here's Jesus' cross, and his mother is where? Right beside him. See, that's what mothers do. When their children are in trouble, when their children are hurting, a mother is right there. So, Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Now, what is that saying to you? That is saying to you that, first of all, she was right beside her son, Jesus, when he was on the cross. And Jesus, looking and seeing that, he says, woman, behold your son. How is Jesus taking care of his mother? He knew what his mother would need. He knew 
that she would need comfort. She would need emotional support. She would need help from the grief of losing her child in the natural, who was also her, her savior in the spirit realm. He knew that. So what did he do? He took care of her by giving her someone that would give her comfort in her time of grief. I mentioned about my mom and how she came out of rehab, and thank God for grace she is um, healed. But each one of her daughters, we take turns taking care of her. She has several different needs. We have one sibling. She has one daughter that handles her medical issues. She has one daughter who handles everything that she needs that's going to bring her comfort physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. That would be me. And then she has another daughter that guards her and takes her everywhere she needs to go and prepares all her meals. We take our role and our turns taking care of our mother. So if you're blessed to have a mother out there, you should be taking care of her. Because there's going to come a time when she's going to have needs and she needs you to do your part to help take care of her like she took care of you. And even those people out there that say, well, my mom wasn't there for me. Yeah, but you're blessed to be alive now. So you can rekindle that relationship. You can rebuild and repair that relationship. And yes, if she needs help, take care of her. If you see that she has a need, take care of her. Our second point today is found in 2 Timothy. Timothy is a product of a great mother. You know, you look at a person coming up and they're doing all these wonderful things. They didn't get there on their own. They're a the product of their mother. A great mother. Second Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Leo, your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan and to flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Now look at what Paul wrote to Timothy. Look at what he wrote to him. Paul couldn't talk about the laying on of hands before he mentioned the faith that was in his grandmother, Lois, and in his mother, Eunice. 
It says, I am reminded, verse 5, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois. So grandmother had it. And she passed it down to his mother, Eunice. And now Eunice passed it down to Timothy. You see, the faith that we have, the knowledge of who God is, the miracles that God has done, we ought to pass that down to the next generation. You know, I've often talked about, if you follow this ministry, I've talked about God's resume. There are things that God has done in your bloodline, in your lineage, in previous generations that ought to be told to the next generation and passed down. The miracle, this additional miracle on top of all the other miracles that God has done in my mother's life is going to be passed down to the next generation's. So that they can look and say, you know what? If I get myself in a jammy jam, I remember what God did for my grandmother. I remember what God did for my mother. The next generation is going to be able to say, I remember what God did for my grandmother. And the generation behind that says, I remember what God did for my great-grandmother. See, God brought her out of a coma. God delivered her from dialysis and gave her a kidney transplant for 35 years. God delivered her from cancer. God saved her from a car accident where she could have spun off the road and, and flipped over, but God saved her right in the nick of time and not one car hit her. God delivered my family from this. See, this thing called faith needs to be passed down from generation to generation. Why? Because just like Timothy, it has an impact on their life. You can pass down all the gifts, all the talents that you want to. But if you don't pass down Jesus, if you don't tell of his goodness to the next generation, when they get into a problem, who do they call? They have to call on the name that's above every name. The only name that can save, and that is the name of Jesus. So share your faith with the next generation. My third point to you today, it says honor your mother. Honor your mother. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 through 3, it says, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And then it goes on to say, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Doesn't need much exp explanation. God gave you a promise that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. So honor your father and your mother. They may not have been the best parents. They may have done the best they knew how, but honor them. Because if you were not birthed out of your mother, you would not be here. Doesn't mean that they did the right thing all the time. Not at all. They could have made plenty of mistakes. Plenty of mistakes. If you look in the mirror closely enough, you'll see that you've made mistakes as well. However, we were born from a mother. Amen. And so we ought to honor that role, who they are. That doesn't mean that they've done everything right. It doesn't mean that there's, a need, there's no need for a repair because there could be some repair issues in the relationship. There could be some boundaries that need to be set in the relationship just to protect you so that you can heal 
Nothing wrong with that. But honor the fact that that's the individual that God selected. He predestined for you to be birthed into the world from. See, God chose Mary to birth Jesus into the earth. That was his selection. Guess what? God chose the woman that he wanted to birth us into the world. That wasn't a decision that we made on our own. We didn't have a choice in it. It's called sovereign choice. God's sovereign choice because of his sovereign plan. God chose that. And so we ought to honor her because that's the person God assigned to birth us into the world. Hallelujah. Everything else happens after that. And my final point to you, it says, no mother is perfect, but love will overcome mistakes. Love will overcome mistakes. No mother is perfect, but love will overcome mistakes. As much as I run around and I do anything that I can for my mom now to help take care of her. As much as my younger sister runs around and does anything she can to take care of her. As much as our other, um, my mother's other daughter runs around and does anything that she can to take care of her. Do you realize there were mistakes that my mom made in our childhood? You better believe it. There were mistakes that she made. There were errors that she made. Every parent makes mistakes. There is no mother in the world that is perfect. As mothers, we are not perfect. We make mistakes with our own children. We get it wrong. <laughs> it's called being human. We get it wrong. Some of you out there, on Mother's Day, you just can't even stand the day. You can't even get out of the bed. It's a depression that comes over you. Literally a depression. Because your mothers have been horrible to you. They've mistreated you and abused you, abandoned you, neglected you. You've had a horrible relationship. No mother is perfect. But love will overcome mistakes. Let's look at 1 Peter 4.8. It says, above all, Keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a, multiple, a multitude of sins. When you release love and forgiveness for your mother, it covers a multitude of sins. There's nothing that can be done to go back in time and undo the hurt and the pain that you've experienced. So you got to release love and forgiveness. Some of you right now need to forgive your mothers. Some of you need to repent to your mothers. Some of you need to repent as a mother because you know you haven't done what you should do with your children. Some of, you, some of us have just made mistakes when it comes to our kids. It's reality. We haven't been the best mothers that we should be. And then some of us have tried really hard to get it right, and we're doing the best that we can. We're doing the best that we can, and we should be celebrated for that. But this is a day to release forgiveness 
and to seek forgiveness. So if you have a mother in this world, in addition to a card or some flowers or candy or making a cake for her, you ought to say, you know what, mom, forgive me. I haven't been the best child. I haven't been the best daughter or son. And you know what, mother? You, there were some mistakes along the way. I honor you, but there were some mistakes along the way, and I just want to let you know that I forgive. Give people the greatest gift that you can give them, and that is forgiveness. Why? Because we all need it. If you have a child in the world and you know you need to repent to them, there's nothing wrong with repenting to your child. If you know that you need to repent to them, repent to them. Hug and grab your kids and say, you know what? Mom missed it today. And fathers, you too. It's okay for you to say, you know what? This might be Mother's Day. But I'm, a, and I'm your father, but I just want to let you know, I realized that I messed up on something. I want you to forgive me. Why? Because the seed of forgiveness will pass down to the next generations. Just like faith and miracles and knowledge of who God is will pass down to the next generation. Forgiveness will. Why? Because the day will come where that child will have to make a determination to forgive you. The day will come where you will need to be taken care of by that child. It's the cycle of life. For some, it comes sooner than others. The day will come where the tables will turn. And everything that you sold into that child, guess what, is coming back to you. So you've got to sow seeds of forgiveness for the parents that were before you and the children that are behind you so that they can forgive and not make the same mistakes and carry the seed and the burden of unforgiveness because that is a seed that's rottenness and that will destroy your life. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will destroy your life. It'll show up in other areas of your life. It'll wreak all kinds of havoc. And guess what? When you go stand before the Father, he'll say, wait a minute. I see some unforgiveness. How can I forgive you? And you don't forgive someone else. And see, some of you say, well, you don't understand what they did. I do. I got it. Some of you have been abused by your mother, molested by your own mother. Abandoned by your own mother, beaten by your own. And I don't mean discipline, I mean beaten by your own mother. Some of you have been turned out, as they say, by your own mother. There's mothers that have sold their children for drugs. Put them into human sex trafficking. Known that they were being molested and abused by their quote-unquote uncles, the different uncles that come throughout her life. And didn't do anything about it. I understand what you're saying and what you're feeling. What I'm telling you is when you release forgiveness towards them. And you honor the fact that they birth you into the world. I'm not saying you put yourself in a position where you can continue to be hurt. Hear me clearly. But when you honor the fact that God used them to birth you into the world. And you release forgiveness towards them then you can be forgiven as a mother, 
even if you're not making the same kind of mistakes. There is no perfect mother. Every mother will make some kind of mistake, whether it's that to, to that degree or not. It could just simply be not being there when a child has a soccer game. And so the child grows up feeling neglected in that sense. Doesn't have to be in a major way. But to that child, that's major. And that child may need to forgive. So you have to release forgiveness, even from the most heinous situations, so that you can heal and so that you can be forgiven. Model to the next generation the characteristics that you want to receive because the tables will turn. The situation may be different, but the tables will turn. And the circumstances may be different. The concept is the same. So you got to release forgiveness. Finally, I want to say to you today, there's a passage um, in 1 Kings. And this is your homework study tonight. If you've been around this ministry, you know I like to give people homework. This is your homework tonight. Look at 1 Kings chapter 3 where Solomon was trying to figure out who the real mother was. And he identified the real mother very quickly. It begins 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 16 through 27, but we're not going to read all of that. We're going to start in verse 20. And it says, and she arose at midnight, and took my son from beside me while your servant slept and laid him at her breast and laid her dead son at my breast. These are two mothers. One of the child died. The other child was alive. Verse 21, when I rose in the morning to nurse my child, behold, he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning, behold, he was not the child that I had born. A mother knows the child that she births. But the other woman said, no, the living child is mine and the dead child is yours. The first said, no, the dead child is yours and the living child is mine. Thus they spoke before the king. So here the king is confused. I don't know whose baby it is. I got two women. I got one dead child. I got one living child. I don't know who, who, whose child is whose. Okay. So the king looked. It's like, what's going on here? Verse 23. Then the king said, the one says, this is my son that is alive and your son is dead. And the other says, no, but your son is dead and my son is the living one. Verse 24, and the king said, bring me a sword. So a sword was brought before the king. Now, the king wasn't really going to test, kill the child. He was testing them. He was testing them. This is how you can identify a real mother. He said, and the king said, bring me a sword. So a sword was brought before the king. Verse 25, and the king said, divide the living child in two and give half to the one and half to the other one. Then the woman whose son was alive said to the king, because her heart yearns for her son, oh, my Lord, give her the living child and by no means put him to death. 
But the other said, he shall be neither mine nor yours. Divide him up. Then the king answered and said, Give the living child to the first woman, and by no means put him to death. She is his mother. See, how do you identify a real mother? A real mother is willing to give up her child so that he can live and have a life. And see, this ought to bring healing to some of you out there who felt abandoned because you were put up for adoption or you're in foster care or you grew up being taken care of by a family member or a cousin, aunt or uncle or grandparent and you felt all your life like, why didn't my mother love me? That's a natural reaction because that's rejection. However, when you look at it in this connotation here, here in this case, you've got two women that are fighting over a child. Now, one mother just lost her child because she wants a child so bad, she goes and tries to snatch somebody else's child and pretend that's hers. Because she's grieving so badly and she wants her child, she wants a child, she goes and just grabs any child that she can because she's hurting You've got the other mother that says, no, that's not my baby. I thought that was my baby. That's not my baby. That's my baby. You've got a king in the middle that says, okay, I can settle this. Let me chop this child in half. You can have half. You can have half. The one that's the real mother says, you know what? Although that's my child, I birthed this child into the earth. Rather than let this child be destroyed, killed, I'd rather give this woman my child and let her keep and take care of him than let him be killed and destroyed just so I can keep him. Now that right there ought to set you free. There are some people out there. You were given up for adoption. You dread Mother's Day. You hate your quote-unquote biological mother. Because she gave you up. But what you don't understand is that she loved you enough to give you to the other woman so that you can live. So don't let another Mother's Day go by without you thanking and honoring her for loving you enough to be willing to sacrifice her desire to raise you herself. She sacrificed that just so you could have a life. Because had she held on to you, you would have been dead now. So that mother that you have spent years hating, you have spent years resenting, you have spent countless time being angry, taking it out on other people, you have spent countless time in counseling and in and out of jail all because you felt rejection by your mother. You were born from a mother. And in this case, not only did you get the blessing of being born from him, from her, but you had the blessing of being given up so that you can live. Thank you, Lord God, for your message today. We pray, God, that it will bless your people and bring healing to them. 
We pray, Lord God, for your peace, which surpasses all understanding. We ask you, Lord God, to touch everybody under the sound of my voice. Here on Mother's Day, every man, woman, boy, and girl who is grieving a mother in life or death, who is grieving motherhood because of fertility issues or even not being the best mother that they can be. And all those who are doing it every day, the job of the mother and the father, and they're holding it down, we lift them up to you today, God. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for your grace and your mercy and your peace. In Jesus' name, amen always.